Begin the current daf Mesechtes Baba Kama Daf Kuf Yodalad. Begin nine lines down for the top of the Amid. Where the Gemara continues with another halacha from Amr Avashi, continuing on the theme of the previous daf regarding being Mishamet, putting another Jew in into Chaim, excommunicating him for monetary purposes. So Amr Avashi says, Hai Bar Yisrael, the Zavanli Ara regarding a Jewish person that sold his land to a non-Jew, to an idol worshiper, a Mitzvah Devar Yisrael Chaver, on the boundary, on the border of his fellow neighbor that's also a Jew. Instead of selling it to a Jewish person, he sold it to a non-Jew. Now his neighbor, a Jew, has a non-Jew idol worshiper neighbor. Says, Ravashi Mishamtin, should we excommunicate that Jew? Ask the Gemara, my time, what's the reason? If you think it's because of violation of Allah's bar metra, generally the halacha bar metra is that the neighbors to a person's property, they have, that's called bar metra, he is the person of the, of the neighbor, of the boundary, they have the first rights to bind the field. So if you're saying because instead of selling to the Jewish neighbor, he sold to a non-Jew, that's violating the halacha bar metra, that's why we're mishamed him. But but the master said above Mitzvah and Perak Makabel that zavim me'akim or v'zavim la'akim if someone buys from a non-Jew or sells to a non-Jew then lekem shum dinah ba'metzer then the halacha ba'metzer does not apply it's only when he's selling to a Jew that then you have to sell it to the neighbor first so then why would we in this case excommunicate the Jew who sold it to the non-Jew? Rather, it's for a different reason. Because Damrinle, we tell the guy who sold to the non-Jew, you, you lay down over here a lion on my boundary by having this idol worship as a, as, an, as a neighbor. You create a liability now for me as a neighbor. And for that, we, we, we put him into Chayim. We excommunicate him for that. Now, explains the Gemara. We excommunicate him. Until he accepts responsibility for all th- mishaps that can happen because of the non-Jewish neighbor, which because of the, the, the way that he will have in the neighborhood, which could cause the problems for the Jewish neighbors, that the seller has to accept all responsibility, then we will take away the shamta, the excommunication. Nothing more continues the next Mishnah, again continuing the theme of the previous Mishnah regarding the halachas of theft and specifically related to the tax collectors. So the Mishnah says, If the tax collector took somebody's donkey, and they gave him back a different donkey, or let's say bandits take away his garment, and they give him back a different garment. Says the Mishnah, they are his. The guy could keep what he was given in return for what was stolen from him. He got something else back. Because we assume that the original owner who was stolen from him, either through the tax collector or from the bandit, that he already gave up hope from getting his thing back. And therefore, when this guy gets something else back in, in, in return, he's acquiring it both with Yish, because the original owner gave up hope, and Shin with the change of domain that it went through from the bandits to, it went from the guy who was stolen from to the bandits and then it changed domain to him which actually Rebbe Kiva Ege has a discussion here which as we'll see in the Gemara it seems like the halach of Mishnah is not even with Shein Rishos it's just with Yish itself and that will depend on a, a possible machlekes in the Brisa but that's why Rashi explains it here in the Mishnah that okay so then since the uh, owner is Meyayish of Yish and Shein Rishos that's why this guy is kind of what he gets from the bandit or from the tax collector Related halacha, the Mishnah says, Hamatzla min hanar. If someone saves someone else's thing from the river, or even hagayos, or from the marauding troops, or even list them all from bandits. So, in this Yahshua if the owner of that object had given up hope already, in other words, he heard that it was Miyash. He heard him make a statement like, Oh, Vailech Hassan Kesach, 
What a shame that I lost that money. So you see that he already gave up hope. So then then the guy who saved it could keep it because, again, the guy had given up hope, but now he's zeched from it, from Hefker. But if he doesn't hear the guy giving up hope, then mistama, then the assumption is that he wasn't miyayish, which as Rashi points out, that is a contradiction from this halacha of saving from bandits, from the racist halacha of getting from bandits, which that sounded like that mistama, he is miyayish, and here it sounds mistama, the default is that he's not miyayish, only if you hear that he was. And the Gemara asks us and answers that one of these halachas is told by a non-Jewish bandit, and the other one is told by a Jewish bandit, where there the assumption is that the owner would be miyayish if it was a Jewish bandit. So therefore it depends which listim it is, if it's going to be mistama that is miyayish, or that, no, only if you hear he's miyayish, then you can keep it, but if you didn't hear it, then mistama, he was not miyayish. Now continuing on these halachas, the Mishnah says, also for a stream of bees, if the owner gave up hope of getting his bees back, which he uses, to, let's say, to get honey from, the guy who finds it, since the guy had given up hope, he could keep it. Now, Amr Birchim Bereki says regarding this halacha of the bees, Nemenis Isha Ikatan Laimer, a woman or a minor is believed to say, Mikan from here, meaning from that guy, is where this stream of bees came from, meaning that they're testifying that they know who the original owner was, and thus he would have to give it back if he wasn't Miyayish to that original owner. Moreover, says the Mishnah regarding this topic of bees, now, this guy who, let's say now we know who the original owner is, he can go through the other person's field, to save his stream. Then Hizik, if during his walking, getting to, this, to the bees, he damages that other person's field, then Mishal Hizik, then he has to pay what he damaged, but he has a right to walk through there. Now, Avil, however, says the Tanakama, if, let's say, his stream of bees settled on his friend's branch, now, he's afraid to go ahead and take his bees one by one, because then they're going to run away, Still, says the Tanakh, he's not allowed to chop off that guy's branch to take the whole branch as one and bring it back, and thus knowing he's going to get all his bees. Even if it's Almanaslit Nesadam, even if it's with the intention to pay back the monetary value of that branch, he has no rights to do that. And according to Tanakh, he would have to try to salvage taking one by one away and not be able to break off that guy's branch. But Rabbi Shmuel ben Neisha, Rabbi he says, no, No, the allowance is, even for the guy who owns the bees, not only to walk through that guy's field, but to even break off the branch to be able to, to, be able to maintain all his bees at one spot and then pay him back for that branch. If the donkey that this guy took from the tax collectors says, meaning if he took it from the tax collectors, then says the Brisa Then he has to give it back to the original owners, which as Rashi points out, according to this version, then the Brisa is disagreeing with the Mishnah, because the Mishnah said that if the tax collectors took a donkey from you and gave you a different donkey, you could keep it. The Brisa is saying, no, if you took it, you have to give it back to the original owner whose it is. It says on the bottom, turn it over. See, it says that guy's name. Got to give it back to him. You can't keep it. Says the Gemara, because Ksavar, the town of the Brisa holds that Yish Kedi, just yish, in other words, when the tax collector has this object, this donkey, which the original owner gave up from, like honey, that does not allow the tax collector to be kinded just with yish without having paid for it or having made some type of change in the object itself, where then you would have a shinamaisa and yish, then it would be a kin, a kinyan. But since there is nothing, there's just yish, therefore when it gets to the hand of the second guy, who he had a donkey taken from him and he's getting a different donkey back, so it comes out that in the beginning, when this guy got it, 
Yeah, it's changing Rishus when he's getting it, but every Ganav is changing Rishus when he gets it. Since it was only Yish beforehand, and this is the point Rabbi Kivayag discusses, where seemingly it sounds like that this case is not Shina Rishus, but either way, that it sounds like from this, that the Bryce holds that Yish Kadi is not Kaina, and the Mishnah would hold that Yish itself would be a Kenyan. Now, Vegadamri, the those that say that no. What the Bryce was saying is, in if the guy wants to return it, meaning he's a chassid, he's going beyond the letter of the law. Meaning, you're right, he really could keep it, as the halach of our Mishnah. But if he wants to return it, then then he should return it to the original owners and not to the tax collector who had given it to him. My time, what's the reason? Explains the Gemara according to this version. It's because Yish Kedi is Kani. The Yish itself is a, is a Kenyan. When then it gets transferred from after Yish, then, the, then, the, then the, the tax collector gives it to this other guy. He could keep it. Miu. But if the guy is a chassar and he says, I don't want money that's not mine, I know I have a right to keep it, but I don't want stuff which is not my own. That's what the Bryce was saying. So if you're going to return it, don't give it back to the tax collector, rather give it back to the original owner who was taken inappropriate from him and let him get his object back. Now the Mishnah said, that the guy who gave a donkey to the tax collector and got a different one back from somebody else actually, he could keep it. Because as we said, because the owners, we assume, were Miyayish. And therefore, again, either that because the Yish itself is a Kenyan, or as Rashi and the Mishnah said, the Yish and the Shin Rishos, allows this guy who's getting that guy's donkey to keep that guy's donkey. Now, Amr Avashi qualifies this halacha, and he says, Leishanu, we didn't learn this halacha, only if the bandit that he's getting, that he got a garment taken from him, and then he's giving him someone else's garment, that he could keep it, is only if it was a non-Jewish bandit. But if this gun, if this bandit was a, a Jew, then you can't keep what he's giving to you from someone else's garment. Why? Because the guy who was taken from, who you're getting his garment now, he thinks, Tomorrow I'll take him to court. He's a Jew, I'll take him to Bezin, I'll get my shirt back. And if he was not Miyayish, and therefore you can't go ahead and keep this guy's shirt with the assumption that it was Miyayish. A non-Jew, yeah, he's like, okay, I'll never get it back. But by a Jew, not. Now, on this halacha of Ashi, Maskeblah of Yasef, he says, Adarabba. Ibrahimistab, to the contrary, the logic is actually in the reverse. Akum, by a non Jew, didaini, begesi, that they're judges, they judge with might. And they forcibly take things away from those who took it inappropriately. Loimiyayish. When the non Jew is the bandit, then he doesn't give up hope because he knows that I'll get it back. I'll go to their courts and say, they'll take him, they'll, they'll do whatever it takes to get his stuff back. Yisrael, but by a Jew, it's actually worse. Kim and the army members, since all they do is talk, which two interpretations rather Rashi, either because all the courts are going to do is say, okay, go ahead and give it to him. They don't hit him over the head. They don't use force. And therefore, then he's not going to get his stuff back from the Jewish bandit. Or another interpretation is that because they actually tell the victim, they say, wait a second, who said it's like you're saying? Bring witnesses that he stole from him. They say, okay, you know what? I'm never going to get anywhere with this Jewish court. Then actually there is Meyayish. Actually there by the Jewish bandit is where he gives up hope. So Ella, rather he says, Rather if you want to say, and this is what Rashi pointed out, that we have these conflicting interpretations of the Rashi and the Sefer regarding the halacha of the listim, which as we're pointing out, is going to be a difference between if it's the Akum that's a listim or Yisrael. So actually says Rabbi Yasef that the interpretation of Ravashi is not on the Rashi as we originally quoted, but it's actually on the Sefer. Where the Mishnah said, min, and the Gir says, listen. If someone saves somebody's object from the marauding troops or from bandits, 
said the Mishnah, in this Yashabailam, if the owner gives up hope, then in then yes, then as the Mishnah said, Harei Lishaloi, then he could keep it. Now, these, the, the inference is, Stamaloi. But if you don't know anyway, then you would say that he was not Miyayish. Now, and that is what Rabashi's halacha is saying, Loi Shanu Akam. That halacha was that you, you could assume that he was, that if you don't know anything, that he was not Miyayish, is only if it was a non Jewish bandit, Mishum Didaini Begesa, because they're judges, they judge with force. So he knows he'll get it back unless you hear he was Miyayish, okay, then you could keep it. I have a list of Yisrael, but if the bandit is a Jew, then Kivan the Ami Mamer, since all they do is talk, you're never going to get anything out of the courts, then Miyashed into the country, then you could assume that he was Miyash, and that's Allah Chadaresha. So that's the resolution of the contradictory inferences of the Allah of Listim. Is it Stam Miyash or not? The Resha is talking about that Stame is Miyash because it's talking about a Jewish bandit where you're not going to get anywhere with the Jewish courts. Whereas the Sefer that said it's only if you hear, but if not, you can't assume that it's Miyash. Someone by a non Jew because, yeah, he knows he'll get it back from the non Jewish courts. Now, relating to the halacha of our Mishnah, the Gemara brings Tanan Hasim. We learned over there in the Mishnah Masechtas Kalim. The Mishnah says, regarding the halachas of Tuma, the hides of a regular homeowner, an individual person that has hides, which the animal skin, the person's thought could make that hide susceptible to tumma. In other words, if let's say he thinks about this hide, which is like what leather is, which what you make things out of it, if let's say he thinks I want it to be something which right now is not lacking any work, he wants it to be a bed, which right now it could be a bed. So immediately, it, cre- it has the susceptibility, which because it has to be a cleat to be Mikabotoma, it's right now a cleat because he wants it to be something that already it is that functionality, and therefore it's Mikabotoma right now. But Mishal Abdon, let's say he's a tanner, which his profession is to work the hides, and then usually the hides that he has, he sells them. In such a case, therefore, his thought that, you know, I would like this to be a bed or to be some type of betray, that thought would not make it susceptible to Tumah. The reason being is because if another person is going to come to buy it, he generally is going to sell the hides that he has. Now, if at the end it's going to turn out that this guy is not using this hide for a bed, rather he wants to use it to cut up to make shoes out of it, so the work is not done, and therefore this guy's thought cannot be kaveya, cannot set this criterion of the object, and therefore it's not yet susceptible to Tumah. Now let's say Shalgazlan. Let's say a robber who guy went straight up to a guy, grabbed away this thing and ran away. Such a person, if he has this piece of leather, this, this heart of the animal, is his thought that I want it to be something I could use right now would not make it susceptible to Tumah. The reason being because it's not his. And moreover, it's because since the guy who was stolen from, who was robbed from, knows who took it from him, he didn't give up hope. He says, I know who this guy is. I'm going to get it back from him. So therefore, this guy is not the owner to have rights that his machshavah should be conveyed for Tumma. But Mishal Ganav, if let's say he's a guy who went and he was a thief, he went in the middle of the night and he snuck in and he took it away, then machshavah mitamas and his thought about what he wants it to be would make it susceptible to Tumma. The reason being is because the owner was Miyash because he doesn't know who took it to claim it from him. He's not going to go checking everybody's house, can't go knocking, have a warrant for everyone's house. He doesn't know who took it. Therefore, he gave up and therefore the guy was kind of. He says, he says the, the actual opposite. He says, Shal Gazlan, that if it was a robber, since the guy who took it from him walked straight up to him and grabbed it away and walked away, now he obviously couldn't stand up to this guy. So, such a guy, he's Mayash, he's oh, such a strong guy, I'm never going to get it back. So, Machshav Metamasan, so actually by Gazlan, his Machshav is Metamet because he owns it now. 
But if it was a thief, then the thief is not considered the owner, and therefore his machshav would not make it susceptible to tumah. Because actually, by ganav, the owner is, does not give up hope because he says, "I'll hire a private investigator. I'll find out who took it, and I'll get it back." Because this guy is this guy is a scared type of a person. He had to sneak in and take it. That type of guy, I can get my stuff back from, and therefore, actually, there the ganav actually his machshav would not be metamid because the owner was not meyish. That's Machlik is Reb Shimon and the Chacham in this Mishnah. Now, Amar Ula. His Machlik is how to define and qualify this Machlik is of Reb Shimon and, and the Rabbanon. Amar Ula. Ula says, Machlik is Bistam. Their Machlik is regarding which one is the one that acquired it. Which one do we say that the original owner was Meyayish? Is it by Gazlan and not Ganav or by Ganav and not Gazlan? That was their Machlik. Says Ula, their whole Machlik is, is in general. We, we didn't hear anything from the original owner if he was Meyayish or not. Regarding that type of a case was where they disagreed, where one opinion held that you could assume by a Ganav that the owner gave up hope because he doesn't know who took it, and not by a Gazan because he knows who took it, he'll get it back. Whereas the other opinion said the opposite, as we explained, because by Gazan he's like, oh, I'll never be able to get it from this guy, but a Ganav, oh, I'll find out who the security cat who stole my stuff. That's only when you didn't hear from the original owner if it was me, I should not. Avil be Yadu, it says Ulab, when you know, when you heard from the original owner that he gave up hope, then then everyone would agree, both Rabbi Shimon and Rabbanan, in all cases, even in the case of Ganav to Rabbi Shimon or Gazan to Rabbanan, that since he was Mayayish, then this Gazan or Ganav was Kainit, and therefore his Machshava would be Metamit. That's how Ula holds. Rabbi Amar, he disagrees, he says, no, but Yadu and Namachlekes, even when you know definitively, when you heard the original owner say, ay, what a loss, he, he, you heard him being Mayayish? Still says Rabbah that Rabbanan will say by a goslin, with a guy who took it straight from him, a robber, that that's not considered Yishu. Because even though he said, oh, I can't believe what a loss of money. Because every moment he's still thinking, I'm going to get it back from this guy. I know this guy. He's plotting all day. He didn't really give up. And so too by Reb Shimon regarding Ganev, even though he said, oh, what a loss of money, he's thinking, you know, I'm going to really find out who did this. Because this guy is this guy's not a strong guy if he had to sneak in and take it. Says Rabbah, even when you heard the owner being Miyayish, it's still a machlek is Reb Shimon al-Chachamim if the, the Ganav or the Gazan according to those each uh, opinions, if that's, if that's not going to be considered Yish. Now, Amalei Abayi Rabbah. Abayi said to Rabbah, don't dispute Ula's interpretation. Because it's not B'mastitin, because we actually learned there in that Mishnah that you're disagreeing about how to interpret that Machlekes, that Mishnah regarding the hides and Masech Kalim, because that Mishnah we learned Kavasei like Ula. Why? The words were said that when do we consider it that his machshav is not going to be metamet, is let's say, the way Rabbi Shimon said it, is because the owner is not meyayish. It's not meyayish because he knows he'll find out who was the ganav. So that's why he's not, his, the person's machshav is not going to be metamet. Says Abaya, the only reason is because the owner didn't give up hope. So you don't assume that he did. But the inference is if the owner did, was meyayish, that then, then, even according to Rabbi Shimon, in the case of Ganav, which the same thing would be Gazan according to Rabbanan, that it would be considered a Yish, and that the person's Machshava would be Metamev. So you see clearly like Ula, that when you know Biyudu, that it was Meyayish, that it is going to be considered Yish. So Amalei, so Rabbi responded, he says, no, Anan, we, those who interpret like me, we learn that it's saying that it's, and as Taisa explains, he's not really amending the Mishnah. He's just explaining that although he says, oh, I can't believe I lost that much money, it's that 
even though he's saying he's giving up, really in his heart he didn't really give up. So it's saying that his giving up is not really giving up, and that's what's saying it's really saying that it really never helps. It's not saying, oh, but that if you heard him give up, then it would be. Although the words are that doesn't mean that, oh, because you didn't hear him, but if you heard him, it would be considered Yish. It's saying, no, because it never is Yish. A guy, according to either opinion, Gazan, Rabbanan, Ganav, Rabbi doesn't give up because he knows I'll be able to get it back. So even though you heard him, that says Rabbi is still like me. Even by Yudua, they still disagree regarding Gazan and Ganav accordingly. But the Gemara continues asking on Rabbah, and that's the reason why we introduced this discussion, because it's not a question on Rabbah from our Mishnah. Our Mishnah said, If there were two cases in our Mishnah, there was the tax collector who took a donkey from him, gave him back a different donkey, and there was another case of when the bandit took a garment from him and gave him back a different garment. So on that says, on that says the Mishnah, okay, because... You could hold on to that garment or that donkey because you could assume the original owner gave up on what was taken from him and you could keep his thing. Now on that, asks the Gemara, Mai, who is the town of our Mishnah? Because the case of a Meichis, a tax collector, goes straight up to you and takes away from you. That's a Goslem. The case of a Listem, of a bandit, they hide and they grab and take away. That's a Ghana. That's a thief. So who is the town of our Mishnah? Because e Rabbanan, if the time of Mishnah is Rabbanan, when Kasha Gazlan, then the case of Gazlan is difficult because they say by Gazlan that there is no Yish, that the guy does not give up hope. Yet here we see clearly that it's being considered he's giving up hope, even by the case of Amaychis. And e Shimon, and if the time of Mishnah is Reb Shimon, well, Kasha Gan, then the case of Ghanav is difficult, which that's the case of the Listim. And Reb Shimon says that by Ghanav there's no Yish. So how can we have these two cases, which are both Gazlan and Ghanav, and either one of these opinions disagree regarding Gazlan or Ghanav? So explains the Gemara. It's very well according to Ula's interpretation. That he said that their whole machlikis was only stum when you didn't hear. So then we have to know what do we assume. But he said that if you hear clearly from the original owner that he gave up, that then both Gaza and Ganem would be kind of. So therefore then our Mishnah would be told about where you know you heard the original owner that he gave up. Ah, so then, it would be going like both Bibshim and Rabbanan, that then by either case of Gaza and Ganem, that that person could keep it even though it's someone else's thing. But according to Rabbah, who said that even when you hear there is an owner being miyayish, it's not considered yish. It's still a machlekes regarding either opinion that it's not going to be yish by Gazan or Ganev. So who's the town of a Mishnah? It's not like Rabbanah or like Rabbi Shimon because you have both cases of Ganev and Gazan and even be a duo doesn't help according to Rabbah. So I think my answer is You're right. That although the, one of the cases was a listim, which is generally a bandit, which is a ganev, but here we're talking about a certain type of a listim. It's talking about listim mezuyin is armed bandits, which that's actually a case of a gazan who comes straight up to you with arms, and he takes stuff away. And Rib Shimon, and the time of Mishra, like Rib Shimon, who he says that by cases of gazlanim, that you do give up hope. It's only by ganev that you don't, and the listim is not a case of ganev here, because the listim mezuyin. Now that the Gemara asks, Yehachah and a gazan. Well, if that's the case, you're saying that listim mezuyin armed bandits that therefore it's like Rabbi Shimon, but then that's the case of a bandit, and the problem is you already said a case of a Gazan, because that's the case of Meichis, who walks straight up and takes away the taxes. So I think my answer is, Terei Gabon the Gazan, yeah, it said two different types of cases of, of Gazlanim. One is a Gazan of a tax collector, and one is a case of an armed bandit. Now the Gemara continues saying, Toshimah, let's bring another Raya, not like Rabbah. The Brisa says, Haganev, a guy who is a thief, Vagazan and the Rabba, Vaanus, which Rashi says that when you have the case of Anus next to the word of a Gazlan, so it's a different type of a case, it's a reference to a Hamsan, somebody who forcibly takes the object but he pays for it. 
So either way, Agana Bagazna are honest, with the, the thing that they stole, Hektesh and Hektesh, if they're Makhdesh, it is considered Val Hektesh. Uchumas and Chuma, if they make it into Chuma, it's Chuma, it's forbidden for Zarim. Umasrois and Maiser, their Maiser is considered as halachically like Maiser. So that has to give more money. So who's the town of this Brysa? And that is Irabon and Kashagazan. If it's like Dabonan, so the case of Gazan is difficult because. Obviously, here we're talking about that they were coined. How they coined it? Because the original owner was Meyayish. Rabban hold that by Gazan, the owner is not Meyayish. And Yerub Shimon, Kasha Ganav, is like Yerub Shimon, then Ganav is difficult because he holds by Ganav, he's not Meyayish. So, explains the Gemara. Bishlam al Uladam Biyadu Akani, according to Ulu, says that when you, when you know for sure you hear the original owner being Meyayish, then the Ganav of the Gazan, wherever it is, is Kaina. So, here we would be told about what you heard and you know the owner was Meyayish, so it's going according to everybody. When you know it's still a machlekes, it's not like either one of these opinions. Obviously, you see, not like Rabba. So the Gemara says, no, like we answered in the previous question, it's ballista mizuyin v'rebbe And that is, although it mentions one of the cases seemingly is like a ganav, it doesn't really mean a ganav. It means a case of a gazlan. Because a ganav is a case of a bandit, but it's an armed bandit. And therefore, it's saying that a gazlan is kaina, which that's the opinion of Reb Shimon, because by gazlan he's meyayish. Now that the Gemara asks, a gazlan. If that's the case, well, then that's the same as the other case of gazlan. Why say ganav a gazlan if the ganav is also gazlan? So the Gemara trade gazlan gazlan is two types of gazlan. They're very different. One guy is a bandit, but he's armed, so he's like a gazlan. And one guy is a straight up gazlan. That's one approach. The ibai same, or if you want, you could answer that's not difficult on Rabbah, The hamas need to rabbi that this brisa. You're right. It's not like Rabban or like Reb Shimon. But rather, it's like Rebbe. The time, like Linda Bryce, that Rebbe, I'm a Ganav Kagazan. He says, the halacha of a Ganav is like a Gazan. Now, as the Gemara continues, Ahmed Bey is a Kaimalon. And we established, as the Gemara later on will be, that when Rebbe says that Ganav is like a Gazan, what does he mean? He means to say, Kagazan Reb Shimon, that the halacha of a Ganav is the way Reb Shimon holds halacha is by a Gazan, which again, Reb Shimon holds that a Gazan is Kaina, because the one who was stolen from, who was robbed from, is Miyayish. Meaning, and not like the way the Rabban hold the Gazan is, which holds that you're not kind. And therefore, again, according to Rabbi, if a Ganav is like a Gazlan of Rib Shimon, which Rib Shimon holds by Gazan is kind, so Rabbi holds the Ganav is also going to be kind. And that's why the Bryce is like Rabbi, because he holds both of them are going to be Kenyan. But it's not difficult on Rabba, the way he de- defined the Machlekes, Rib Shimon and Rabbanan, because yes, they hold that even be a Dua, you're still going to have the Machlekes. But Rabbi holds anyways different. He holds that both of them is kind. Kufa, so the Gemara now quotes this halacha, that Rebbe, I mean, he says, Imrani, I say the Gan of Kagazan, meaning although that there's the Machlekes, Rib Shimon and Rabbanan, that we brought previously, that one says the Yish is by Gazan, one says it's only by Ganav, he says, I hold Ganav is like Gazan. So he boiled at the following question, what does he mean when he says this? Kagazan de Rabbanan comma? Does he hold that a Ganav has halacha like the way Gazan the way Rabbanan hold? And Veloikani? The Rabbanan hold that only a Ganav is kind because that's where he's Miyaj, not by Gazan. And therefore, if he says a Ganav is like a Gazan, therefore neither one are they kind of for? Or did he say, and our Gemara just quoted the Maskana, but this is the Gemara that goes through that discussion, or did he say that it was like the way Rabbi Shimon holds is a Gazan and Vakani, and therefore, just like Rabbi Shimon holds that the Gazan is kind of, so too a Ganav is a Gazan and is also kind of with the Yish of the original owner. So the Gemara says, Tashma, let's bring a Raya from our Mishnah. And the Gemara goes through the same Raya regarding the previous Gemara's discussion. Tashima, the Mishnah said, not If the tax collector took his donkey, gave him back someone else's donkey, so he said he could keep it because Mistama, the original owner, was Miyayish. So says the Gemara Mani, who's the Tanabah Mishnah. 
If I'm Israelite Rabbanon, well, then the case of Gazan is difficult because how do you have that case? Because as we said, Rabbanon hold that he's not Miyayish for Gazan. And the Rabbanon Kasha Ganav. And if it's Rabbanon, then the case of Ganav is, diff- is difficult. Now, so the Gemara says, where the Gemara's previous discussion was saying, oh, that works according to Ula when it's Biyadua. But now the Gemara takes a different line with this. It says, If you say, regarding our question that we're having now, that when Rebbe says the Ganav is like a Goslin, he means like the Goslin of Rebbe Shimon, and therefore they're both going to be Kaina. So Hamani Rebbe, so who's the town of Mishnah? It'd be like Rebbe, that's why, by both cases of Ganav and Goslin, the guy who gets it from them would be Kaina, because the Ganav and Goslin are Kaina themselves. But if you say that Rebbe holds, when I say Ganav is like Goslin, it's like the Goslin and Rabbanu hold that a Goslin is not Kaina, there is no Yish over there. And Ganav is also like that. So Haman, who's the town of Mishnah? Loi Rebbe, Veloi Reb Shimon, Veloi Rabbanan. It can't be the Rabbanan, because you have the difficulty from Gazan. It can't be Reb Shimon, you have the difficulty of Ganim. And for sure it can't be Rebbe, because he holds both Ganim and Gazlan are not like the cases, are, are neither one are going to be Kaina. So how could it be Ariel Shalai? Obviously it must be that it's like Ganav, Kigazlan, the Reb Shimon, that both are Kaina. And I think Mar says, no, no Raya. You want to know who the town of the mission is? Not like Rebbe, because he holds neither one as Kainah. It's actually like Reb Shimon, and although it mentions the case of Listim, which is generally translated as a Ganev, it's somewhat an armed bandit, where again, an armed bandit has halacha like a Goslin, and therefore Reb Shimon holds that by Goslin, there is a Kainan, because the original owner is Miyayish. Well, then that's the same case as the other case of the Mishnah of the Meichsen, who's a Goslin. Like we said, Tregab Nigaz, and I mentioned two different cases of bandits. So the Gemara says, Tashem, let's bring you, try to bring a different proof, how to explain the proof, what Rebbe holds when he says that Ghana is a Gazan. The Brysa says, and we quoted this just before, regarding the, the thief, the robber, or the extortionist. Hektish and Hektish, when they get this object, if they're Makdash, it's a valid Hektish, their Chuma is a Chuma, if they make a Meiser, it has a Lacha like Meiser. So ask the Gemara, Mani, who is the Tana of this Bryson? Irabanan Kashagazan, like we said. Irib Shimon Kashaganov. Now, so says the Gemara, If you say that Rebbe holds when he says that a Ganav is like Gazan, it's like the Gazan of Rebbe Shimon, so Mishim Hachikani. That's why, by both of these cases of a Ganav and Gazan, the Ganav and Gazan are Kainit, and that's why they could be Makdashid and make a Chum, whatever they want to do with it, because both of them Rebbe holds is Kainit. But Eliyamid Ganav Kagazan Drabanan, that Neither one are kaina. So how many who's a tana of this brisa? As I said, it can't be Reb Shimon, it can't be Rabban, and now it can't be Rebbe either. Obviously, it's because he holds like Gazan like Reb Shimon, and both Gazan and Gazan are kaina. That's why he can be makdish. So it's like Rebbe. That's the more again. No, no raya. Balistim is doing Reb Shimon here. We can say the tana of the brisa is like Reb Shimon, and although one of the cases seemingly is the case of Gan, it's not really Gan, it's an arm bandit. Which the question is again, and we already say the case of Gazan. So the Gemara Tregavni Gazan, there's two cases of Gazan that it says. So no Raya. And again, this is the same as the previous Gemara's discussion, which wanted to prove one thing with the same ideas here. It's trying to prove a different point with the same things, and it gives the same answers that no, you could say it's Rib Shimon, but it's not a regular listim, but it's a listim Mazuin. But finally, Omele Ravashi, the rabbi says, Tashima, I'll bring your Raya definitively. That Rebbe, when he says that Ganav is like Gazan, is like Gazan to Rebbe Shimon. Because Demasni Rebbe Le Shimon Bere, we quoted this opinion of Rebbe on the previous Tav, that Rebbe explained to his son Rebbe Shimon the halacha of our Mishnah. Our Mishnah had said that when it opened up Hagoiz Lamachel as Banav, or he still has the, the, the Gzeil over there, that the children don't have to give it back. 
But if it's a chrais nachasim, then, then he has to go ahead and give that back to the one that was stolen from. So explain Rebbe to his son, Reb Shimon, doesn't mean if what, was, if what was stolen was something that literally land. But even something that is like land in the sense that everybody sees it, even if it's like a cow that he plows with, or or that he goes after it in the streets, that was including the halacha of Mishnah, that the children, although they really were kinded, then they don't have to give it back, but because of the dignity of their father, that people shouldn't say, oh, that's the stolen thing this guy bequeathed to his children, they have to return it. Now, says Ravashi, time of Nekavad Avin, it sounds like from the Mishnah, which again is Rebbe, how he's explaining the Salacha, is only because of the dignity of their father. Halav but if not for the dignity of their father, then they wouldn't have to return it. So what do you see? Even though it's a case of Gazan, because that's the case of the Mishnah, that a case that Rebbe holds is Rebbe's interpretation of a Gazan is Kainet. And that's why his children could maintain it, even though what was robbed is still there. We say that the, the original owner was Miyayish, which is like Rib Shimon's interpretation of Gazan, because Rabbana say by Gazan he's not Miyayish. And therefore, when, Rib, when Rebbe says, so Ganem is like Gazlin, obviously it's like how he interprets Gazlin is, which is how he interprets like Rib Shimon, obviously that both of them are Kaina. Shemamino, Rebbe, Gazan, Rebbe, Shimon, Kama, Shemamino, obviously we can infer, as we already mentioned in the previous Gemara's conclusion discussion, that when Rebbe says Gazan, that Ganem is like Gazlan, it's like the Gazan of Rebbe Shimon, which again, because Rebbe Shimon holds that by Gazan, the original owner is Meyayish, and therefore he's Kaina, and therefore in the Halach of our Mishnah, they, they could keep it, if not for Kabbalah Vim, Achayis Nechassim, so too with the Halach of B by Ganev, that Ganem is like Gazlan, and that was why we gave that as a second interpretation on, on Ahmed Aleph regarding Halach of having a case of both Ganem and Gazan being kind of, because that would be like Rebbe. Now, the Marketing is quoting from the Halach of our Mishnah that spoke about Halachas of Yish, of giving up hope, and hence then the one who stole it and the one who gets it after that has been kind So the Mishnah said, not only if someone saves an object from marauding troops or from a river or from a bandit, but same thing applies to a stream of bees, just like in the previous halacha, if the owner was meyayish, then the person who finds it can keep it. So to over here by the stream of the bees, if the owner gives up hope, so then he can keep it. So the Gemara my what's and also? In other words, it's obvious that we just mentioned that you're coming with Yish. Why should I think that a stream of bees should be any different than a garment where it's the same halachic concept, where if the guy gives up hope, then the one who finds it has been zeichah from hefka and he can keep it. So that the Gemara says, Nahachikam, the Chiddush of the Mishnah is saying is that a filan the Chil shall devarim, even a stream of bees. The Kinyan Dirabanan, who, where the whole ownership that the owner originally had is only a rabbinic acquisition. Truth is, is because there is no biblical theft if you steal someone else's bees. Rather, it's rabbinically because of what's called Darkei Shalom, because ways of peace. Because in actuality, it's really Hefker, as the Bryce says in Chulun Afkov Memal from the Bays, that the doves of the dovecots and of the Yoyni Aliyah, there really is no theft. It's only rabbinically so that people shouldn't be taking away other people's things, even though you can't have a biblical Kenyan in it, but it's a rabbinic Kenyan. So therefore, Salka Daitra you would have thought to say, Hi, this stream of bees, the original owner, really only owns it on a rabbinic level. So therefore, I feel a stomach, and if I would say that even if I didn't hear that he was meyayish, even in just the, assumpt, the, 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 what the assumption would be, we could assume that he was meyayish because it's more lenient in regards to his ownership in the first place. As it is, it's not even the biblical Kenyan. 
Kamash Malam, that's what the Chiddush in the Mishnah is teaching in its inference, is that in Habailam in. If you heard that the owner, the bees, was Mayash, then the one who finds it could keep it. But Eloi, Eloi, if you didn't hear, even though it's only his ownership is very tenuous, it's only rabbinically anyway, still if you didn't hear that it's Mayash, you can't keep it, and it still has to go back to the original owner. Now, continuing on these halachas, the Mishnah said that Amr B'yechem ben Bereika, Nemenis Isha B'katan B'chulu, a woman or a minor, is believed to say that from here is where the stream of bees came from, meaning you just see a stream of bees, how, how do you know this is, why should I return it to you? How do I know it's even your bees? So the woman and the child says, we saw it came from that guy's beehive, she, they're believed to say that, and therefore if it wasn't Meyai, she has to go back to him. So the Gemara asks, what are women or minors, those who are, can say testimony? They're not. So how could they be believed in a court of law to say that it was this guy's stuff? So I'm going to be here to explains, what are we talking about over here? It's, what it was is, even before the woman or the child spoke, the guy who's, who's claiming that it's his bees was running after them. Where that's what's called halacha raglayim ladaver. That's indicating features to show that it really is his. Then Then the woman or the minor was speaking innocently, not for purposes of testimony. They were just saying, Whoa, from this guy's house, that's where the stream came out. And we hear them talking innocently, then we could use their words together with the raglayim ladaver. This guy was running after it to say and, 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 and be definitive that it was his stream of beasts. Now, however, the Gemara brings that Amr Vashi, he says, The concept of someone who's not valid for testimony, but that just talking according to their innocence is valid to be used in a court of law. He says, That's that's only valid for testimony of a woman to be able to remarry. Where if, let's say, as the Gemara in the last parak in Yavamis, brings that if, let's say, we overhear children saying, Oh, we're going to eulogize and bury that guy which it happens to be this woman's husband. So since we heard it innocently, even though children are not valid for testimony, then we could use it, but not for anything else. On that, Omali Ravina Ravash, Ravina asked Ravash, and not, Edis Isha is the only thing, but the Halach of our Mishnah, which is the stream of bees, we just explained, it's, we're believing women and children, which they're not valid testimonies, and it must be as Zygmunt had explained before, is because they're talking innocently. So we see the Halach is not only for a woman to be able to remarry, we see it's even for a guy to be able to get a stream of bees back. So that answers the Gemara, Shani Nechil Shal Devarim, the stream of bees is a different halacha because the Kinyan Jab Bananhu. That is regarding rabbinic law, because whoever's going to have the stream of bees is only being kinded rabbinically. For rabbinic law, for rabbinic Kinyan, that we allow Masih Levitumai. But for biblical halacha, that again, the only area is a woman to be able to remarry, and we're makal by the halacha of Aguna, but in general, we don't allow Masih Levitumai. So the Gemara asked on that, so what are you saying? With the rice of that by biblical law, we don't allow Masih Levitumai? But Rabbi Huda Mershmol, he says, There was an incident with a certain individual. That innocently, just in conversation, in passing, was saying, You know, Zacharni, I, rem- I recall, he's talking about, you know, the good old days, Kishani Tinek, I remember when I was a child, and my father had me carrying on his shoulders. 
Safer, he took me out early from school. He changed my clothing. He actually had me immerse in the mikvah so that we could eat truma in the evening. Well, those were the days. Now, the reason why the father actually immersed the child, as we'll see shortly, is obviously because he was a kayan, and a child generally plays around in, in muddy areas where there's shratzim and things that could transmit tumatim. So he had him immerse him in the mikvah that he could eat truma in the evening. Now, Reb Chanina concludes this, this, uh, di- this, this monologue that this guy was saying, that he actually added on that also, you know, he was saying, but my friends, they, you know, they stayed away from me. It's caused me social problems. And the reason being is, as Rashi points out, because they didn't want to transmit Tuma to his trumas that he would eat. He has snack, he has truma. And they would call me Yechanan, the one who eats chalas. Again, Keschala is one of the 24 Kahana gifts that is given from when someone's baking. You have to give a portion of that to the Kayan. So they would call me Yechen who eats the Chalas. And says the Gemara, And Rebbe made him into a Kayan, meaning he designated him as a Kayan, based on this testimony of what he had just been saying in passing, recalling his childhood. And he says, oh, you didn't realize you're a Kayan. Maybe you were living somewhere where they didn't allow you to practice. You had no clue with the past 50, 60, 70 years, but I want you to know you're a kind. And we see that even though it's biblical halacha, truma for a czar is isidairaisa, and we see that Remy made him kunim based on Masech Levituma. So you see, it's not just for Edis Isham Bavad. Then it's the Gemara, but truma dirabanan. We're talking about rabbinic truma because. Rebbe was after the Churban Beis Amigdash, which is in these times, there's an opinion that holds that the Kedusha was not La'asalava, was not for the future, and therefore in the times of the Beis Amigdash, Truma was Daraisa. But now it's only Rabbinic, and therefore for again Rabbinic law, that we do allow Masih Lavitumai. But the Gemara still asks, Vakati Daraisa Law, is that really true? Is it still that, as we're maintaining that biblically, we don't allow someone just talking innocently to be used, uh, where let's say it's a woman or a child or a guy for himself, obviously his testimony doesn't work, but in passing innocently, then we do allow it rabbinically, but you're saying for biblically not? But Valki Osa Ravdimi Amun. Ravdimi came, he said that Ravchana Kartigna, Bamrila and Samsei was Rav Acha Kartigna, Mishtai, he was, he, was, he was telling over that Maisabal of Nei There was an incident that came in front of Rabbi Shubalevi. Bamrila and Samsei was a Maisabal of Nei Rabbi. Betinik with one child, Shrey Masih Lafi Tumevama, who innocently was just telling over a story. And he said, you know, Me and my mother were taken captivity amongst the idol worshippers. And, you know, when I went out to draw water, I was thinking about my mother. I don't want them to do anything to defile her. When I went out to gather wood, I was always thinking about my mother. I always made sure they weren't doing anything to her. Based on this story that the guy was saying, just innocently, Rebbe allowed the mother to marry to a Kayan. Now, that's in spite of the fact that we're talking about Issa Dairaisa because if they did something to her, they were Mazana with her, she becomes a Zaina. And a Zaina is Issa Dairaisa to a kind. So we see the Messiah Levitumi works, even not just for a woman remarrying, even just for a differentness, or like marry a kind based on Messiah Levitumi from a child to a mother, which generally doesn't work. So that the Gemara says, no, Bishvuya Hikilu. By captivity, as we find other places in Shaz, we were leaning because really it's just a generic doubt. There's no reason for us to necessarily assume that they were Mizan with her. It's a doubt. So because of that doubt, we don't allow them to marry, but it's not a regular Suffolk Dairaisa to say that it's an Isser. Rather, that's why there was a leniency. But again, for a regular biblical halacha, that there's only one exception, which is Edis Ishul Bovad. But for rabbinic halacha, that, as we learned, is the halacha of our Mishnah, 
which is from the Nechil Shodavayim, which is Rabbeinah Kenya, that we do allow, Masih Bitumai, thus allowing even the Edis, which is not really the Edis, but the words of the minor or of the woman. Now the Mishnah continued that although you could walk into the guy's field and if you're damaged then you'll pay to get your stream of bees, but the Tanakhama said, but you're not allowed to break up the branch because you want to be able to get your bees and they made a whole hive there and you don't want to take them one by one. Rather, you just take the branch and pay back for the branch. Tanakhama says, you're not allowed to do that. Whereas Mishmol, B'nai says, no, you are allowed to do that. So the Gemara brings, which elaborates on this halacha, this machlaikas, the Tanya learned the Braise, he says, Tonight Bezno, this is a stipulation of the courts. That a person is allowed to go into his friend's field. And he could even break off the branch of his friend to save his stream of bees that now called home this guy's branch. Now, now the now the, the one who's getting his branch is being broken off. Who it's all his luck that this guy's stream of bees came onto his tree, he takes the value of that branch from the stream of the bees from his friend, I meaning he'll compensate him, but the guy's allowed to take off, break off the branch and take it for himself. So too, similarly. But tonight, Bezenhut, it's also a stipulation of the courts, which is actually, the, this case, the Mishnah later on, of Koftezvavim and Bez, on the next daf. And if, let's say, one guy's walking with his barrel of wine, and the other is coming with his jug of, of honey, and then the guy who has the, the barrel of honey, his barrel breaks. So the stipulation of the court is, the guy who has the wine should pour out his wine, and she thus go ahead and use his empty barrel now to save the other guy's honey. He should take the value of his wine from his friend's honey, and the reason being is because honey is more valuable than wine. So although the guy could say, hey, you know, who asked you to spill out your wine to save my stuff? No, the stipulation of the courts is that that's how we are. We are brothers, and the guy's going to spill out his wine to save your honey, which is worth much more, but you've got to compensate him for the wine that he spilled out. So to Betanai Bezin, who it's a stipulation of the courts, that if, let's say, the guy, one guy has his donkey who's carrying his flax on the road, and his donkey dies. Another guy has a donkey, and his donkey's carrying wood. So the stipulation of the court is she mefarik es of the guy who's carrying the wood should unload it, between pishtan and they should load on instead that other guy's flax, and again flax is, has that higher value and sensitivity than wood. So So because he let go of his wood and now they're using it to transport this guy's flax, he goes ahead and he could get compensated for his wood from, from partly from that guy's flax. And the reason being, says which explains all these three halachas, including the one of our Mishnah, it's with this that Yeshua had in mind when he inherited and bequeathed the land of Eretz Yisrael to the Jewish people, that we should be like that. Where someone else has something more valuable, you give, you give up your thing and you save his thing, but then he compensates you for that thing. And therefore, the person's branch, you have to let him take, break up the branch and then he compensates you for the branch so that he could save his stream of beasts. Now the Gemara continues with the next Mishnah, again continuing the theme of this parak of the concept of theft, of gizel, of robbery. So the Mishnah says, HaMakr Kelov Musvar Biyad If someone recognizes his utensil or his book in someone else's hand, he's like, hey, that's my book, that's my, that's my lamp. Now additionally, besides that he recognized his thing by someone else, the word already got out that this guy who's claiming that this guy has his stuff, Word got out that he had a robbery in his house, that his kalim were stolen. So, says the Mishnah, the halacha is, Yishava kamanas. And now, we're going to make this guy give it back to the guy who had his stuff stolen from. But the guy who 
maybe claims he bought it somewhere else. He swears this lekeach kamenosen, this purchaser, this consumer swears how much he had given to pay for this item, and v'yitol, and then he takes that from the guy who's claiming it was stolen from him, and he gives the keli back to the guy who's claiming that it was stolen from him, which as Rashi points out, it must be talking about before Yish, or else you have Yish, and, and, and then the guy would be kind of with Shina Rishos, he wouldn't have to give it back. But we're talking about before Yish, he says, I never gave up hope, no, this was my favorite lamp, and I see you have it, this is from me, and the guy says, I don't know what you want, I bought this at a store, I mean, you want to say maybe the guy stole it from you? I don't know, but this is how much I paid for it, fine, you want it, you got to give me how much I paid for it. Now, Says the Mishnah, but Vimlav. Let's say there was no word, there was never a story that they heard that this guy had a robbery in his house. So then Lav Kalemenu, then this guy has no right to say that, hey, that's my stuff. That was stolen from me. You gotta give it back to me. Like I'll pay you for it, but you gotta give it back to me. That no, he has no rights to do that. Because Sha'ani Emi, because I would say, says the town of the Mishnah, that no, Macharan La this guy sold it off to somebody else. And this guy, who has it now, bought it from that guy. Now this guy regrets having sold it. So he makes up this whole story to say, Oh, it was stolen from me. No, you have no rights to have it. Okay, you got to give it back to me. I'll pay it. No, you're making up this whole story. If we had word that you had a robbery, then there's legitimacy to that story. But if without that, then even to make that claim where you want to buy it back, you have no rights, you just have regrets. Now actually the Gemara asks, even regarding the Reisha, the Mishnah, let's say word gets out that this guy had a robbery in his house, and then he finds someone and he says, hey, that's my stuff, I, you remember that robbery you heard about in the, the rumor that went around? That's my stuff that it was stolen from. What does that help? Let us be concerned as follows. Maybe the real is, like the real in the case of the Sefer, the guy sold it off. Now, now this guy has regrets now. I shouldn't have sold that. I can't believe I did that. Now, how am I going to get this back? I know this guy bought it from the guy I sold it to. So he goes and he makes a whole rumor. This is what a guy does. Makes rumors that he had a robbery. Then he, because he knows already who has it, then he, he happens to bump into the guy and says, hey, that's my stuff. Look, Reuven, remember this was my shirt, this was my pen? Yeah, that was yours. What happened? He said, I don't know. There was, you heard about the robbery that I had? This guy must have bought it from the robber. So ask the Gemara, what does it help that there's a rumor? Maybe this guy started the whole thing because he just wanted to get it back from this guy who bought it from the guy he, who he sold it to. So I'm going to read explains, no. The case is told by This guy had people over in his house. Now this guy gets up in the middle of the night and he starts screaming and he says, Oh, Nignabu Kelyai, my utensils are stolen. And therefore... That's valid grounds to say, okay, that must be that there was, a, there was a robbery that happened and the guys who were there in this house stole it and therefore, if he finds someone who has it later, it makes sense that it was from this robbery. No, not the Gemara why. Koshkin Ilamatza. No, most definitely it could still be that this guy found a grounds, he found a way that although he had sold this and he regretted, now he knows who this guy sold it to, so what the guy does, he plans it out. He has people over, and he gets up screaming all the night, whoa, whoa, he makes the whole thing so that people should believe him when he's making up this story that this guy bought it from who has stole from him. Maybe he set this whole thing up. How do you know anyone stole anything from his house? So the Gemara says, This interpretation of Rav, that there were people over by him, and now he's claiming, oh, somebody here stole it from me. And then when he finds out that the guy who ends up having it and he bumps into him a week later, says, oh, it's probably one of those people who, were by him who stole it that night. 
And that explains that it's not just that he had people over from his house and that he was claiming someone stole it from him. It's more than that, it's that they actually dug a, a, a hole through his house to escape from his house. And the, this tunnel that they made, the people that were staying in his house left that way. Moreover, they had bundles of utensils on their shoulders. Everyone was saying, this guy had all his stuff cleaned out. These guys that were by him stole everything from him. Such a case, such word that it was a robbery, which definitely is a legitimacy to that, that it was a robbery because they were walking out with all the stuff. Then if he meets a guy, we clear and says, hey, that's one of my stuff. Then we believe him and then he has to compensate him but then he can take his stuff back. But the Gemara still asks, maybe, as we said, as we just described the case, maybe that only Caleb was stolen from him and not books. But the way it was described in our Mishnah is that if he recognizes his Caleb or books, but if only Caleb was stolen, how could he claim that that was his book? Maybe he sold the book and he just regrets it and what was stolen from him were only Caleb. So, and it says, no, people that said that they saw people running out of his house with Caleb, they didn't just see them running out with, with vessels and utensils, they saw them running out with books too. But the Gemara still asks, but we should still be concerned, maybe what they stole from him were small books, now he's claiming from this guy a big book, which wasn't stolen from him, and he just regrets having sold that. So Rabbi Yisrael says, no, the Ka'amri Sefer Plainu Plainy. They say which Sefer it was, which book it was, and that's what they find by that guy. So we know that it's one of those things that was stolen from him. But the Gemara still asks, maybe the book or the Sefer that they stole from him was an old one. So they know which one was stolen from him, but maybe it's an old one. And the one that he wants to get back now was actually one that he sold, which is a new one. He's just using that as, a, as an alibi of getting this, because they say, oh yeah, it was that safer. Oh, he has that safer. No, but maybe they only stole the old one, and he wants the new one from this guy. So Rav, so Rav says, no, it's like people had said, these are the ones that we saw the guy stealing. These are the books that we saw that were stolen from this guy. Therefore, it's recognizable. That's why he can make that claim that it wasn't sold. It was stolen because we know that these are the ones that were his. And since there was a robbery and we know that they took these books, therefore it makes sense that what you have is from those which were stolen from him and not sold by him. Now, however, the Gemara asks in this interpretation of Rav Kahana, the way he defines this halacha of Rav, that he explained... Oh, it's not just that the, the people were staying there and they, they left with stuff. It's that they left through a They dug a hole through. Therefore, it makes sense that they stole his stuff. And it makes sense that now if you found something later, it was from the stolen goods. On that as the Gemara, did Rav really say this? The Rav Kahana interprets it. But Rav, Rav was, has said the halacha that if someone comes into someone else's house by digging a tunnel, and that's how he digs into someone's house, and he takes the guy's stuff grabs a guy's china closet, grabs his silver, and he leaves, says Rav Potter, the guy's actually exempt from paying the guy back. Now, Mike Timer, what's the reason why a thief would be exempt? Is was called what's called Bidomikonaninhu. He's acquired the object with his blood. How so? Someone that is what's called Baba Machteris, if he comes into someone else's house by digging his way in, he is allowed to be killed. It's actually a Pasuk in the Torah that says, If the thief is found in the cave, so then he's coming to kill the guy. And that's what's called, if someone's coming to kill you, you kill him first. He's allowed to be killed. Now, therefore, 
when he's taking it, if he would be caught with it at that moment, he actually would be exempt because of what's called a Kimla Bidriamine, since he's Chayiv Misa at that time because he could be killed. So he's exempt from the lesser punishment of monetary punishment. So he's actually exempt for that theft. He actually could hold on to it. So therefore, when he sells it to someone else, why does that pr- consumer have to give it back, even if it is from the stolen, stolen stuff? The problem is, if that's the case that you're saying that they escaped through Machteris, Rav said Machteris actually, the guy's kinded with his own blood. So if he sold it off, even if it's from the stolen stuff, the guy doesn't have to give it back because the, the guy actually acquired it, so to speak, with the exemption of Kemal Ramine. So why would that be the halacha that then if they're caught that the guy who bought it maybe from the gallon has to give it back? Why does he have to give it back? So I think more explains, no, Hanamili, when did Rav say his halacha about a theft happening through a, 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 a tunnel? That is the kananinu bebobemachteres. That's if the Ganav acquired it by coming in through digging his way in. With Dimikara, where from its, in the inception, he was really being mice and nephew. He was giving up his life for this. Because he knew that the homeowner is allowed to kill him. So he's essentially acquiring it with his life. Because again, as we said, because of Kemal Ramine. Avalkani, but this case, since they didn't give over their life to be killed, because they didn't dig their way in, they only dug their way out. When they came in, they came in because they were guests in this guy's house. Then, lie there they weren't doing it being Meisr Nefesh. Therefore, they didn't acquire it with their blood. They actually would be Chayiv in that. And that's why the guy who bought it from them would also be Chayiv to have to return it if it's coming from the stolen goods. Now, Omar Rabbi qualifies this halacha, however. Leishana, we didn't learn the way we qualified this halacha, the Mishnah. Only regarding a regular homeowner who tends to sell his stuff. If he tends to sell his stuff, that's when we said, okay, so how do we know it was stolen from him? Maybe he sold and he just regretted. So therefore, we had to go through all those ways of describing, like Rav Khan had said in the name of Rav, that there were people over and he got up at night screaming, ah, and then we saw people running out and they were holding stuff on their shoulders, walking out with a stereo and all this stuff. That's when we say, if he finds a guy a week later, he says, oh, this is from my stuff. That's when it has to be like that. But a regular homeowner who doesn't usually sell his stuff, then says Rav, as we continue in the top of Koftes Vaman Aleph, we don't have to go to that extreme to say that the people said that it was this and that exact book that was taken from him and that we find by this guy. No, in general. If we find, we know that the guy had stuff stolen and then he, we recognize that he says this is his thing, right away we say, okay, it was probably from the stolen goods and not sold because this guy doesn't usually sell his stuff. The Gemara asks, How do we know? Maybe he did need money one time and he did sell off this precious Gemara artifact, whatever it is, and therefore maybe it was sold. So how can he just go ahead and say that it's, that it's his? That so, Ravashi says, but that's what, the Gemara, that's what the Mishnah was saying, the conscious duration of the Sefer. But that's the point. The word got out that there was a robbery. Now, you're right, a regular guy who sells up a lot of this stuff, maybe he made this stuff up and maybe he just wanted his stuff back. But this guy who doesn't usually sell his stuff, you're right. If there wasn't any rumor regarding a theft, then he can't just make the claim that even though if it was once his, that that's where you got it from because maybe he'd sold it. But if it's a guy that doesn't usually sell and the word gets out that he had a robbery, then he doesn't have to go through the whole thing just by claiming and saying that this is one of his things. That would be enough for him to have to get it back and then he just pays the guy for the value of what it's worth.